tell you what, very excited to be uh, back here doing the Friday afternoon thing with the man, the myth, the legend. You want to be like him, but you can't. He's already got that legendary space locked up, and he's not letting. Oh, he's not dear, admitting dear. any on, newcomers. Mate. Come on, come on, Dennis Stewart. How are you, man? I'm very well, Mark. We missed you. Well, but not too much because the last week you were kind of filling up the time with Greg talking about mm. herbal teas, and mm. a couple of mm. listeners got involved in that conversation yes. too, and particularly around how it can actually help manage some reoccurring mm. urinary-type uh, uh, scenarios. So tell us more. Well, we were looking at, a, at uh, herbal teas generally, but then we swung the conversation to look at their application in what is known in Europe as irrigation therapy for the treatment of urinary tract conditions. And particularly, we were looking at a very common condition known as cystitis. And we got uh, look very deeply, well, yes, it was fairly deeply, uh, looking at two very important herbs, which most Western-trained herbalists would know something about, the South African herb Buku, B-U-C-H-U, and uh, an American herb known as bearberry, or also known as uveosi. And we'll open that conversation up a bit further today. I think huh? so. <laughs> All right. Good afternoon, Gerard and Mayfield. You've got some medication questions for Dennis. What's happening, Gerard? Uh, I just want to run it by him on a couple of things because I'm a great believer in not taking any medication whatsoever unless it's bloody really necessary, you know. Yep. I just want to ask him because I do a couple of competition books and they put these ads in there and some of them look pretty authentic, what you could take for this and what you oh, could yes. take for that, you know. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So, uh, Dennis, the first one it's, uh, in, the, in this competition books is blueberries for your eyesight. Okay. Would that help you that much, uh, depending on your age, when you get a bit older? Or what? Oh, look, blue, blueberry is virtually synonymous with bilberry. Right. Uh, the, uh, bilberry is very big uh, in the uh, complementary medicine world or even in the uh, medical world in some circles in as much that there's fairly good evidence to suggest that the chemistry of those two berries, which are virtually synonymous, the chemistry is based on what are called anthocyanidins. They're the active principle in them, which are a particular group of so-called bioflavonoids. They came into their own, or those fruits came into their own, so it is said, during the Second World War, when the use of them on a regular basis uh, by uh, British bomber pilots claimed to allow them to be more accurate and, and less, less fatigued by the use of that particular food as a supplement to their diet. And it is popularly used today, and I have used it frequently. It's not always um, uh, as effective as one would like, but it's very, very effective, in my opinion, right. in, in slowing down uh, degenerative conditions, particularly uh, things like uh, diabetic retinopathy, macular degeneration. Uh, sometimes they respond very, very well to the supplementation um, of the the bilberry or the blueberry. So uh, without um, actually uh, going too much further, I would tend to veer in the direction of agreeing with that. Oh, right. And also, too, I might be getting a, a little bit too far down the track with it. Uh, I've got a little bit of a... I'm 76 now, and the lady said in 12 months' time I'll probably have to scrape the little uh, the grey thing at the back of your eye. If I'd have taken these a lot earlier, would it have slowed down this or, or what? Look, that's very difficult to say, Gerard. I think it's... Uh, if you start looking back at things that, uh, yeah. you know, might have worked or didn't work... I think um, 
uh, at 76 years of age, I'm a fair few years in front of you, um, yeah. things will take their natural course. And whilst we can resist them to a degree, there is a point at which um, the ageing process, if you like, has to be respected. Yeah. Having said that, I, I think it would be still a useful thing um, to, um, to bring into your, into your diet. Yeah, just have it now and again. and Because you know, what I'm impressed with in this ad, mm. they've got a gold visa uh, there with six stars. Yes. And I thought that was pretty good, you know. That is pretty good. Uh, and look, uh, one always has to be cautious of um, advertisement um, and cl sometimes claims which go over the top. Right. But the claim you made there I think is reasonable, so the product sounds very reasonable. Yeah, I might just take them out as a sort of a thing without going overboard with it, you know. Well, just uh, look, if you're going to take it, the only benefit I think you would get would be that you would have to work with it regularly, not just take it haphazardly. I would, I would go to your pharmacist or your health food store and get a, a regular dosed product uh, and just append it to your daily routine and uh, then see down the track what your optometrist says. All right, best of luck, Gerard. Good afternoon, Patricia, and uh, we'll be careful of this one, being it's a bit of a lunchtime discussion. Uh, you have a, as a phlegm issue, Patricia. What's happening with you? Well, it's not me. It's my husband. Mm. Hello, Dennis. How are you? I'm very well, Patricia. Nice to talk to you. Um, look, um, he's got this... When he, he sort of just finished eating or something, or he'll just cough a little bit, and next minute he's got all this terrible stuff in his... Uh, up and into his throat, and he does have to spit. Okay, not. And, uh, oh, that's all right. That that uh, you know, there's no, we're all human beings. So uh, <laughs> terminology like spit and phlegm and mucus, <laughs> get used to it. That's what we're all about. Put it that way. But look, the first thing I'd say is, has he had it investigated? Has he is he on any medication for reflux? No, no. Okay. Does he smoke? No, never. Okay. And are there any particular foods that will cause this reaction? Um, I'm not real sure. I don't know. He, he has a drink of milk at lunch. Ah, okay. Well, that could have something yeah. to do with well, it. Well, I'm one of those uh, weird, old-fashioned naturopaths that um, uh, were trained at a time when, uh, when milk was seen as something to be used very cautiously Mm -hmm. and as as a mucus-forming food. Now, that's a big call because I think one can't generalise on that. And I'm, I use milk myself, and I'm a great believer in, in, in the milk products. But over my many years of practice, I have noticed that very frequently withdrawing dairy products for a trial period uh, has seen a, an improvement in, in catarrhal or mucousy conditions. I'd, I'd look at that as a possibility. It's a remote possibility. Give it a go. On the other hand, make sure he's using something like some digestive enzymes that uh, will give him a better breakdown of, of, of protein in his upper gut. And uh, make sure he's using in his diet uh, some spicy foods like ginger and cayenne. They're known as bronchomucotropic substances or, or mucolytic substances and are renowned for their ability to uh, create a better resolution of mucus. Make sure he's taking some garlic capsules just in case there are some pockets of infection or irritation there. Okay. Like he could just take those, the, the garlic tablets? Yeah, I, I think garlic's still a wonder herb and it's still underrated. Uh, garlic and ginger and capsicum included in one's diet 
I'd be surprised if they didn't do something in lessening uh, this mucus condition. All right, best of luck. We're getting all nice and hungry now, Dennis, so thanks for that. Good. <laughs> best of luck, Patricia, and for hubby as well. You know, Dennis, you love when the music does take us back to that swinging 60s period. They were good times. And they were good times. And again, I, I will draw this out of you again because I, I hasten to add every week for, for for at least a couple of years now, Dennis, you've said, look, there were photos of me in the protesting days with the long hair, the yes. hippie days, yep. um, and you've said I have photographic evidentiary data at home. Yeah. I could find it yeah. pretty simply, and you never, ever remember to bring it in. Can we do that next week? Um, I'll contemplate that. I have to protect my present image. Yeah, but we all change over time. I'll tell you what, I'll, 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 I'll give you a photo of me from 40 years ago and you do something of what would effectively be 50 years ago. Well, we'll see what we can come up with. Okay, I'm happy to we'll do that. We'll see what we can come up with. All right, it's Dennis Stewart, Health Naturally on 2 and URFM. G'day, Peter at Mount Hutton. Um, you've had some disc fusion and you'd like to see if Dennis can assist you in some way there. Yeah, mate. Um, I had the uh, disc fusion uh, two years ago. And uh, now uh, I'm having trouble further up in my neck. It's C6, C7. Mm. That's CT scan, and it says that the disc is narrowed and I've got spurs and nerve pain coming from it. I've just had radiofrequency injections last week on the, to uh, burn the nerves and that. Mm. And uh, all they've prescribed me is endone and... That doesn't know good at all. I'm looking for some alternatives, mate. Peter, um, I'm going to say something here that might sound a little bit radical, and I don't want listeners to think that I'm promoting anything um, too left field, but have you had a discussion with your doctor about using some uh, uh, medical marijuana? Um, I haven't, no, but um, I, I have had people suggest that to me. Mm. But I, I haven't gone down that avenue yet. I, I would, um, uh, and I would again uh, expect that listeners would respect my viewpoint here. I am not uh, propound or proposing anything illegal, but I am sure. fully aware of yep. people that uh, have had relief uh, from pain conditions that were yep. unmanageable within the mainstream and that relief yep. came from using um, okay. preparations of marijuana. Um, yep, yep. I could talk of case after case after case, uh, yep. sometimes where people took uh, the initiative themselves uh, yep. and, um, and, and, and got good relief. But these days, um, it is not as awesome to talk uh, to medical practitioners, particularly those that have a reasonably open mind, and, yep, and yep. understand something about the chemistry of cannabis sure. sativa. My listeners yep. might be uh, interested to know that that medication, there's nothing new in that. It has been used in, in mainstream medicine um, for yep. a long period of time. And the text, okay. the text that I lecture from incorporated. Yep. It. So it's one yep. thing that I would recommend. Talk over it with your doctor. Don't do yep. anything on your own back. Do it properly. Yep. Get the right yep. preparation. Get him to monitor it. The other thing that I would say, as far as, yep. to as topical management, you should also consider preparations that contain arnica and, yep. cap and capsicum. Now, preparations oh, yep. like stiff sore and sorry, pain away, etc., they, yep. uh, they harness that possibility. And there's a lot of good 
clinical evidence as well as pharmacological science behind understanding how those herbs over a period of time can uh, can deaden the uh, experience of the pain coming from a localised area. I, I, see, yeah. I, I would go down that way. Don't don't underestimate the potential yep. of those two herbs in well-known yep. and readily available um, preparations. Uh, Stiff Sore and Sorry is one that I had a bit to do with helping some colleagues develop. Uh, use yep. that. Use that. Yep. Talk with your GP about, yep. the, about medical marijuana. Okay. Thanks very much. Okay, Peter. Best of luck, Peter. A little bit more of Health Naturally with Dennis Stewart, 49216216. And we'll see if we can get to those herbal teas, Dennis. Yeah, why not? We'll, we'll do that. Why not? And you mentioned loving the dairy earlier. I know there was with that other course. So we'll see if we can get you a, a um, bowl of ice cream. How about that? Uh, it's a long time. Really? Since I would have eaten ice oh. cream. Oh. I'm, I'm, look, I'm not a great dairy eater. Mm. Uh, not that I have anything against it, far from it, but... Uh, we, my, uh, my wife and myself and my family were raised on on, on goat's milk, mm-hmm. and um, um, I've been contemplating. I hope my wife's listening to this. I've been contemplating setting up a pen in the backyard and oh, <laughs> re- really? retreating to our younger mm-hmm. uh, hippie days. And, and my wife would object because she every morning had to milk the goats. I was always available to get the food for them. <laughs> of course. My dear. So, goat's milk, I'm a fan That of. was a division of labour that she wasn't all that happy with. Not, well, she never said anything. My wife's a very tolerant... Dennis, Dennis, um, Dennis, Dennis. They don't need to. <laughs> you knew. You knew. Uh, I can remember the days very well. Uh, and she was a good, mo- <clears throat> a good uh, milker of the goats mm. and a great deliverer of, of goats that were in trouble with the kids. There's... I've never seen anyone that could so competently deliver a bad pregnancy in in a goat than my wife. And and while Mrs. Stewart was out doing that, what, what was Dennis's contribution? I'll just duck down to the feed store. We'll be back in twenty minutes. <laughs> All right, we're we're delving into this uh, herbal tea, these infusions, if you will, Dennis. Today, Very the... I'll turn your microphone on. That might help you. <laughs> I'm very impressed I could with have your bl- I could have, terminological skills. I could have blamed her. I said, well, Dennis, I'll get off the ice cream. You bring that photo of yourself <laughs> oh, in from the yeah, 60s. I'll okay, give you what, okay. whatever ice cream flavour you want. Well, you, you won't have to uh, go to that much trouble because I don't eat ice cream. <laughs> Next week, Dennis Stewart will bring in the photo and we'll, we'll make sure we put it somewhere. Listeners, he's having you on. Sadly, now, I know I'm right. All right, herbal teas. Okay, now look, we took that up. Uh, last week, and we've taken it up quite a few times. And listeners might say, well, look, really, in, in a modern era, uh, is there a role for the use of herbal medicine as simple infusions or herbal teas? And I, last week, um, stated quite forthrightly that there is. And in, in continental or European uh, herbal medicine, as evidenced in texts like Rudolf Weiss's work on herbal medicine, Formula after formula is based on the use of simple herbal medicine combinations administered in what we refer to as water-based preparations such as herbal teas. Now, I am really concerned. This is getting a little bit political. I am really a little bit concerned these days in the way in which the oldest and most traditional system of medicine is being increasingly containerized. That is, some of the mm. some of the uses of the herb uh, are now being restricted 
to so, a modern so, pharmaceutical preparation, and there's a role for those. But So you feel it's like stay in your box, stay in your lane? Yeah, I think there's a bit of that because herbal medicine, even when I was getting into it many years ago now, some of the best English herbalists, like people like Eric Powell, for instance, who wrote The Modern Botanic Prescriber, they were still working with combinations of dried herbs instructing the way to convert them into a herbal tea. I'm a little bit concerned that in the modern teaching and usage of herbal medicine, the, the simplest and one of the most effective ways of conveying herbal medicine benefit is to revert to the traditional forms or at least not leave behind the traditional forms. And the herbal tea is the most ancient, well-proven and still ongoing way of harnessing herbal medicine benefit. Now, am I opposed to capsules, extracts? Not at all. But I'm saying there are some situations where the water-based preparation, certainly in my opinion, the herbal tea, is a better way of facilitating benefit, particularly in the system such as the urinary tract. There you go. You sort of went skirted the edge there, but we brought it back in. That's all right. We did. Yeah. We did. Um, so do you think, where do you see looking more broadly, a little yeah. bit more forward then, if, if, the, if mm. the system of herbal medicine is being, uh, in, in your word, containerized? Mm. Yeah. Um, is it going to become more restrictive or, or, or is there a chance to say, no, we, we, there is that broader uh, use for it to be, to be used out there? Well, while, I live, while, uh, while I'm ever practising, and um, not that I do as much teaching today as I did, that, but if I still do some teaching, <clears throat> I will make sure that traditional methodologies are respected and that younger practitioners, pharmacy practitioners, naturopathic practitioners that they are aware that you don't have to revert to a sophisticated pharmaceutical form of the herb to make it work. Sometimes I would contend that that is a lesser way of making the herb work. And I said, for instance, the use of water-based preparations being useful in the, in the urinary system, where the European terminology is to use the herb as a water-based preparation in what's called irrigation therapy. And that is the therapy where particular herbs in a herbal tea form are taken into the system and to uh, be simple, they have a flushing out or a cleansing effect on the urinary system, which is the basis or part of the basis of their benefit in being useful in the management, particularly of chronic uh, recurring episodes of urinary tract infections. Good afternoon, Brian at Curranbong. Uh, tinnitus is something you'd like to chat to Dennis about. What's happening there, Brian? Yes, it is. Um, I've got uh, tinnitus and um, I've just got this ringing in the ears and I was wondering if there's, uh, Dennis knew something herbally which could um, remedy it and mm -hmm. get rid of it. Brian, um, a, a couple of questions. Yep. Uh, how long have you been battling tinnitus? Two years, sort of thing, yeah. Okay, and and you've discussed the onset of it with your with your doctor. Yes, and yeah. he, you've had a bit of investigation, yeah. have you? Okay, yeah. um, and there's been nothing offered to you. Um, Not really. No, I, no. I I've done some sound therapy for about yes. the last um, mm -hmm. eleven months, just listening to classical music, yes. very very lowly yes. uh, um, in earbuds through an MP3 player. Um, yeah, for about six hours a day. It's improved my balance, yes. but um, I haven't... It uh, doesn't improve the ringing okay. in the ears as yet. 
Well, look, there are two spectrums of herbs that are used to address this. There's the herb ginkgo biloba, which is a modern harnessing of the chemistry of the ginkgo tree. Ginkgo biloba is a fascinating specimen in as much that it is a survivor of a previous geological era. It shouldn't be here, so to speak. Um, and it, uh, subsequent um, investigation, particularly again by the German natural um, medicine industry, demonstrated that it had a history and, and uh, a clinical background of being useful for this particular condition, uh, amongst others, by the way. And so ginkgo biloba in the literature, and you should Google it to, to confirm what I'm saying here, yep. ginkgo biloba in the literature comes forward as a useful and natural drug to use uh, with the um, proviso that you notice that the period of time that one has to work with the herbal preparation based on the ginkgo can be quite a number of months. The evidence uh, is based not just on the, pre the presentation of the herb in a sophisticated uh, modern form at a particular level of concentration, it is. Uh, an expectancy that would only likely occur after a, a quite a number of months. But the evidence is there uh, from numerous literature to suggest that it's worthwhile trying. Uh, fortunately, it's uh, available without script. I would, um, I know Kurenbong pretty well. Go to your local pharmacist there. I'm sure he would have a preparation that would be uh, meet the requirements of correct dosage and preparation. Work yeah. on that. But having said that, there are a couple of herbs in the British Herbal Pharmacopoeia that are called up um, for this particular condition, and I'll mention them quickly. Uh, the first one is the herb Golden Seal. Yep. Uh, the second one is a herb called Ground Ivy. Yep. And the third one, uh, I think I'm right in recollecting this, is the herb uh, called Black Cohosh. Now, they are m members of the more traditional spectrum of herbs used by Anglo-American herbalists trained in the Western tradition. Those three herbs, I think I'm right, are called up in the um, indication section of the 1983 edition of the British Herbal Pharmacopoeia. Check them, but I think I'm pretty right on that. Now, I have used those herbs uh, over many, many years as a liquid combination they are usually combined in liquid form, uh, dosed correctly, and um, <clears throat> given a, a, a chance to do their job. Do they do it uh, all the time? No. Do they do it frequently? No. Do they do it sometimes? Yes. Are they safe? In my opinion, yes. Are they worthwhile giving a go? I think so. But my point here is if you go, get, go down the track of using alternative medicine, try the ginkgo first. G'day, Lisa at Bolton Point. Uh, delving back into high school a little bit, Lisa. What's happening? Okay, what's happening? Um, now, everything seemed to be fine by Christmas. Now, within four months, my son come down with severe acne, and I mean really, really severe acne. It's the type that's like the um, like fluid under the skin, and um, it results in these like blood spots and left scarring. Now, naturally, you know, we were really concerned. We went to the dermatologist. Yes. But we've been consistently given prednisone, uro, 
Streptomycin, isotretinin, and they work. They work for a period of time, but oh, once good. that prednisone finishes, the flare-up comes back, and now we're on our second dose, and um, I'm just saying this is just going to be a consistent Band-Aid treatment, and I'm, there's a root cause. It keeps coming back, and I was just wondering if you had any kind of information or remedies that could help us out here. Look, there, there may be some things that I could <clears throat> throw into the arena here, but knowing the nature of severe acne and, and seeing it at its worst, the, the first thing I would say is under no circumstances depart from the management of your doctors and your dermatologists. However, what I am happy to do is to uh, quietly uh, forward to you some information that uh, could be seen to support um, what is being done, particularly along nutritional lines. So what I suggest you do, Lisa, um, is before you hang up, talk to the switch and uh, tell the dear lady on the switch that uh, who you are and get, uh, get your email or, or give her your email or your postal address and yeah. uh, my staff will get together some information that uh, might be useful and would would not contradict or conflict with what your good doctors are trying to do. All right, Lisa, stick around. We'll get you back on hold. Sally will take some uh, information from you and uh, Dennis, and you can take that from there. Last one today. Good afternoon, David from Dungog. Vertigo is your question for Dennis today. Is it? But yes, it is. <laughs> Hello, David. Uh how are you, Dennis? I'm, I'm very well indeed. Nice to talk to you. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you. Dennis, um, my dear wife had a fairly heavy uh, episode of vertigo. Yes. Ended up in hospital for several oh, days. Oh, dear, dear. Um, four litres of fluid later, plus some uh, anti-nausea. Yes. Um, what is a, a good sort of tail after once we get over that sort of initial issue, just to... to look after herself and, again, I guess probably help reduce some of the still ongoing symptoms of um, just feeling a bit lethargic and probably a little bit hesitant to do what they normally do, taking things very quietly. Sure. <laughs> Obviously, your your dear wife has been uh, medically investigated, <laughs> blood tests, etc. Yes. And, and they were, were clear? Yes. Was, uh, was there any medical presentation as to why? This event happened? No. And no, she, she, nothing. She was not on uh, blood pressure medication or anything like that? No, sorry. Yes, she is. Um, uh, she is on, on blood pressure medication, okay. yes. Okay. Uh, the only reason I raise that is that occasionally I've seen patients who have been experiencing what are called dizzy turns when um, we think and have subsequently confirmed that it has a bit to do with their blood pressure levels and an alteration in their blood pressure medication sort of resolve the problem. However, there is a herb that many of my listeners have found useful over the many years in which I've uh, <coughs> mentioned it. There's a herb, an English herb called wood betony, B-E-T-O-N-Y, wood right. betony. Uh, it's not a well-known herb. Uh, it's called up in the British Herbal Pharmacopoeia that I keep mentioning as being useful for this condition. And it was made famous by uh, an English herbalist called uh, Willie Smith from the north of England who wrote a book, um, Wonders in Weeds, uh, where he presented it in the best of the English tradition of herbalism 
as specific for that condition. It's reasonably readily available. A good herbalist would have a liquid preparation of it. In my opinion, it would be worthwhile trying to see if uh, it lessened uh, the, any residual symptoms or perhaps right. stopped the onset of it again. All right. all right, best of luck with all of that, David, and everything there. Dennis, we've pretty much run slap bang out of time. Oh, so what a pity. I'm going to ask you in 20 seconds, uh, yeah. 20 seconds only, delving back to your discussion on herbal teas and the fact yes. that you feel yes. that herbalism is being containerised. Yes. Yes. If all of these things are so wonderful and work so well, yeah. why do you think they're being, um, for lack of a better word, struck off? And you have 20 seconds. <laughs> uh, industry, industry interests, question mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, Profitability factors, not a lot of profit to be made for Big Farm in simple herbal preparations that the individual can make themselves. Dennis Stewart, always a pleasure. We'll catch you uh, about about the same time next week for Health and Naturally, mate. Have a great week and weekend. Thank you, mate. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.